This program is not intended to diagnose, cure, or treat any disease or disorder. The listener is encouraged to seek sound medical advice from their doctor or other qualified healthcare practitioner before taking any supplements or starting a new health regimen. And welcome to The Nutrition Heretic. I'm Jim Ducharme, your co-host, and I'm here with Adrian Hugh, our first episode. And Adrian, we have a really great guest coming up. But before we talk about our guest and, and what we're talking about, well, you know what, Adrian? Actually, let's, let's tell everybody who's our guest this week and what will we be talking about. Uh, our guest this week is Julia Stuber from Germany, and we're going to be talking about how to cope emotionally with food allergies and intolerances. I hope that includes black forest cake, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. Uh... <laughs> that would be how I would cope with anything. So, Adrian, this is our first show. N- n- you know, uh, the website is nutritionheretic.com. Uh, you've you've written some great books, and I, I I never get tired of saying this one, which is you know fifty ways to eat cock, um, healthy chicken recipes with balls. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's, <laughs> up until now, my best chicken joke along those lines was you know chicken chicken balls, but you know now now I have your book, and you've got a you've got a couple other cool books too, right? Can yeah, you... I've got uh, the well, I have the the yin to the the cock yang, which is honey lingus fifty healthy honey recipes that will leave you begging for more. And then I also have a diet book, uh, which isn't, it's not a conventional diet book, but it's, it's called uh, Frenching Your Food. And it's the other side of the French diet because people are talking about, you know, like, oh, I follow the Mediterranean diet, I follow the French diet. Uh, but the French diet that was, that became popular a few years ago, uh, I read the book and I realized very quickly it wasn't written actually by a French person. Uh, so... I've been so close to the French community all my life that I decided that I was going to write a book about the untold stuff that French people say behind the scenes where they're not trying to dupe us. You see where I'm going with this? I, I see where you're going with this. And I, you know, the, <laughs> no, I don't see where you're going with this. I mean, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you know, the one, the one book we're not going to see along those lines probably is the Belgium diet because you know, the Belgium diet would be waffles and, and chocolate and beer and beer. Geez, they're like the, the beer masters. I had some of the best cherry beer I've ever had in my life in Leuven, uh, Belgium. Great. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Absolutely awesome. So, Adrian, for those people who don't know you, and I mean, you have a large following as a nutritionist, can you give us just a quick rundown on your, you know, uh, you know on how you got into this as a nutritionist and, and, and why you took, you know, you, you've taken sort of a non traditional or uh, you know, you uh, a little bit outside the usual as far as communicating uh, with people and uh, trying to help them eat better. Oh man, this is uh, I'm going to try and do this as quickly as possible. Uh, basically, what happened was my entire life I had pretty much every childhood you know disease problem uh, that you could imagine. I suffered from nosebleeds and skin irritations, and I mean it, you know asthma when I turned 12. Um, just, you know, hormonal things that you wouldn't believe, uh, migraines when I was about 11. Uh, and, you know, things just kind of got worse and worse and worse. And my entire life, doctors told me that 
I, you would have to, you know, go home with like a tiny tube of cream to take care of my skin, which was that was kind of like the, the main thing that they were worried about. They weren't worried about the fact that I had a multitude of um, ear infections that my sister n- never had and my parents had never seen. My mom was a nurse, so she made sure that, you know, I was getting the best of health care as far as we knew back then. And so this just keeps going on and on and it gets worse. And by the time I'm, I hit my uh, early 20s, uh, my skin is so irritated that my face was literally like a jigsaw puzzle. It was just cracked and bleeding all the time. I would wake up and literally, this is going to be gross, but literally sheets of skin would come off of my face. And so um, I you know, kept talking around and, and I was kind of dabbling in natural health, tried the vegetarian thing, the vegan thing. And then I started, uh, I finally got into a situation where I could go and see somebody who billed himself as a naturopath. By the way, this guy, he's now very popular, well, moderately popular on PBS when, during their fun drives. Um, the guy almost killed me, actually. And uh, his whole, he, he's first, his, his, his initial way of solving my problem was to get me to join his MLM. This guy has gone through many incarnations before he hit on what he's selling now on PBS. And, um, you know, and his whole thing was like, be vegan and that's going to solve all your problems. And I had to get really nasty with him to ask him for allergy testing because I, I knew there was something underneath all of this. And he uh, told me that it wasn't likely to be a problem and um, then, you know, tried to write me off. And I got really kind of like up in his face. And I said, well, why don't you want to test me? So he storms out of the office, goes to his nurse and says, find out what's what's covered in her plan. So we test and the whole time he's testing me. First of all, he can't my skin was so thick and he couldn't find my veins. And he ended up having to take the, the blood sample from my groin. Okay, that's how inflamed my skin was. And um, he says to the, uh, as he's drawing the blood, he's like, well, you know, we're not going to find anything because we hardly ever do. And I'm like, well, if you're selling everybody your MLM, you're not testing anyone. So how, how can you say you're not finding this? So anyway, he tests me for 30 foods. I prove to be allergic to like 27 of them. Um, and then, uh, moving on from there, he just, he, I never deal with him again, actually, after that, he doesn't see me, he doesn't do anything until I think at the very end, he called me after like three rounds of this, he calls me and says, just stay away from the, the, they, they tested on a scale of one to five. And he says, uh, just, um, you know, avoid the, uh, avoid the, I think it was the four, well, uh, sorry, everything except the fours and fives, I think it was. What basically there were, I'll put it this way. I was, I was, the only things I was able to eat at this point were lemons, chicken, and mushrooms. And then I later found out that I couldn't deal with, I couldn't tolerate mushrooms. So, you know, this was just, um, you know, it was no way to live. And then I eventually met a doctor who knew what he was talking about. He knew the right way to test for allergies, sensitivities, intolerances. And I found out that, yes, I was indeed, um, prop, you know, um, you know, it's uh, sensitive to a lot of foods, uh, but there were still a lot of foods that I could eat. And he also found a bunch of other things that we'll go into in other episodes. Uh, but, you know, where this all leads to is that over the years, you know, partially because of this experience, but also because of my following experience uh, becoming a nutritionist to help other people dealing with similar things, is that uh, there's no one straight line that you can draw when it comes to nutrition. You know, everybody wants to, uh, you know, 
stick to whatever their thing is. It's kind of a misery loves company type thing where a lot of people, you know, like, oh, I've got this problem. I can't digest wheat. So nobody can digest wheat. You know, so they um, they get really kind of cultish in many ways about whatever it is that they're doing. But it's there's usually a, a much deeper uh, issue and a slightly more complex issue that people are dealing with. And so, you know, this, this is why some people, well, I, I have two monikers that people call me the nutrition heretic and the Pope of health. Uh, they call me the Pope of health because they, you know, people who have known me throughout the years, they may take the advice of their doctor, but then they feel like when they really need the truth and they really need to get to the bottom of whatever it is, they come to me. So they kind of feel that some people have actually told me that they will follow me before they follow their doctor. And I'm not saying that anybody out there should, uh, but it's just that I give a no-nonsense approach that is not partisan, let's say. It's not married to one particular philosophy so much that there's no room to move and that there's no room to allow for individuality. And, you know, and I think that our whole health system, it, it, certainly in North America, is, is set up in such a way that it really deters people from having, you know, a holistic, um, uh, you know, diagnosis and, and, and treatment plan. Uh, well, yes. And, and, and um, that's, that's really extremely important to, to recognize because the way I see the difference between what the other guys do and what I do is that uh, our medical system looks at the body as something that's constantly trying to destroy us. So we look at numbers at, you know, like cholesterol, let's say, or weight or something like that. We look at those things as as a problem, you know, like that's, that inherently is the problem. And that means that your body is trying to destroy you and that it wants to break down. And it's, you know, it's not a function. It's not, you know, our body isn't really like a car, you know, <laughs> like a car, you don't, you don't put it together, right? Yeah. It's going to break down. Um, yeah, but my but, body's you know, been described as a, you know, 77 Ford Zephyr. So take oh, that for what Lord. you want. Yeah. Well, I, I prefer not to. <laughs> um, <laughs> So anyway, but yeah, you know, and then the way I look at the body is that the body actually wants to be healthy. So it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, the, the, uh, was it, what do they say? Um, guilty before proven innocent or innocent before proven guilty. You know, there's a very different, uh, attitude to take. And so I take it from the standpoint that your body really does want to be healthy. How can we support the body in achieving that health? Whereas the other guys are like, oh my God, it's trying to kill you. Let's cut it off. Let's yeah. cut it out. Let's take it away. You know, so it's very, very, very different in any case. And it's a good case that not everybody does that because, you know, all things considered, they'd be wanting to amputate my head because <laughs> because that's <laughs> that's been causing me the most grief. And, we, and you know, we should, we should really, uh, you know, at this point make mention of the fact that th this show is – this podcast is aimed at information, education – and and self-awareness and it's not for diagnostic purposes we do not recommend that you do not seek uh, professional traditional Absolutely. medical help we simply want you to consider other alternatives and if you have any doubts about any kind of information or advice that you have on the show by all means the first person the first opinion you should seek is is from your own doctor Absolutely. And actually, you know, I'm going to interject a little quickie tip in here um, in how to choose a good practitioner, because I think that's where a lot of people have problems. You know, many times 
we want to have the the practitioner that's in our plan. And, you know, our guest maybe doesn't understand this quite the same way that North Americans do, especially here in the U.S., uh, where you know, you're in an insurance plan and you just, you know, you, you feel like, geez, I'm already paying, you know, $800 a month or whatever the heck, you know, into this plan. I need to get a doctor who's in the plan. And I'm not saying, you know, to necessarily go outside of the plan, but make sure that you interview your doctor. A lot of times we just go to the doctor merely because they're in the plan. But, you know, a good doctor, especially if they work in a hospital, they'll have a resume ready. Um, you know, go on referrals, talk to people, find out, and then don't, what I always say is don't let that, unless it's like a really dire situation, don't let them kind of, you know, x-ray and uh, cut things or whatever until you've had a chance to talk to the person and see if, if your philosophy jives with theirs. Because one of the things that I really appreciated about the doctor who helped heal me and he, you know, went on to train me and, and encourage me to get my degree in nutrition is that I could talk to him. You know, if there was something that I didn't, that he didn't understand, you know, exactly why, like once my daughter had ringworm and uh, she got it from sticking her fingers up a damn horse's nose and, um, (laughs) (laughs) and we couldn't get rid of it for a year. Right. So, so we tried everything. We tried natural. We tried, you know, just going straight to like the prescription stuff and nothing worked. So I'm looking through an old textbook of my aunt's. She, she was a nurse as was my mother. Uh, and I'm looking through her textbook and it says iodine one, you know, a a drop of iodine once a day for three days. I kid you not. That thing disappeared. It actually disappeared by half in three days because she had had it for a bloody year. But then I did it again the next week, completely disappeared, never came back. And when I told my doctor about this, he was like, that is, he goes, that's brilliant. He said, it makes so much sense. And he wrote it down. You know, most doctors that are not worth their weight would say, oh, well, that's just a coincidence and throw it over their shoulder. Um, so, you know, really interview whoever you're going to work with because uh, they should apply for the job just like anybody else. And especially they're dealing with your body, your children's bodies. Absolutely. And remember, keep your fingers in your own nose. It's the safest place for them to be. This uh, is true. Hey, we've, you know, we've got a great guest, Julia, all the way from uh, Germany. And I, I really think that we should bring her on now. And uh, Are you going to try and say her last name? Stuba. Close, <laughs> close enough. Clearly. <laughs> As long as Julia agrees. Yeah, that's right. I got the Julia part right. I mean, no, I, I, look, I'm Canadian, eh? It's, it's, <laughs> we, we have enough trouble, you know, pronouncing our own last names, let alone other people's. So uh, welcome to uh, Nutrition Heretic Podcast, Julia. We're happy to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I wanted to introduce Julia for her course. Her course is, uh, I did mention it sort of before, but I didn't mention that it's an actual course that she uh, has on Udemy, which is U-D-E-M-Y. And we'll have a link on the Nutrition Heretic website to it. Uh, But her course is called How to Cope Emotionally with Food Allergies and Intolerances. Actually, I think it's food sensitivities and intolerances. Sorry about that. No, it's food intolerances and allergies. Okay, yes. Or the other way around. I kept changing it during the course, during I, I, I recorded the course. Right. In the okay. end, I don't know how it's called. Yeah, yeah, it's a mouthful. And it's, it's so long, actually, that on the Udemy site, it just has dot, 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 like halfway through it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's, 
actually, before before we get into talking to, about this, I wanted to give the practitioner's view of where allergies and tolerances and sensitivities lie. For, you know, first of all, there is an umbrella of allergies. So, you know, there's some people and it's kind of funny because it's it's typically people who aren't practitioners who will quibble over the the terminology they'll say oh well that's not really an allergy that's a sensitivity you know and and to us at least back in my day uh we didn't really make that huge of a distinction because if it was something you know we we usually talk about things under the umbrella of allergy so you know very strictly speaking allergies would be more of the uh what we think of when we think of like anaphylactic shock uh, somebody who eats peanuts and can't breathe all of a sudden that type of thing and intolerance is uh, more when uh, the villi, which are the little fingers in the uh, intestines that help to absorb the food, uh, tend to break off when uh, food is introduced. And then the sensitivities are the things that are the more subtle ones that will take probably about three to four days to show up. So you can they're much more difficult to pin down. And, um, and so, um, you know, they're... In the end, whether you have any of the three, you probably should avoid those foods at least for a time, particularly with the the you know anaphylactic type allergies. But I just wanted to kind of draw a little attention to that. So we're going to you know we may be using some of those terms a little bit interchangeably during this conversation. Uh, so that said, uh, Julie, I wanted to ask you what was how did you first find out that you had intoler uh, intolerances and sensitivities? What was the the aha moment that you had? Well, allergies run in my family. I grew up with my mom being allergic to a million things, I think. And I started having allergies in my teenagers. Okay. So when I was 15, I realized I'm allergic to mushrooms. So there you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the first one I discovered was the lactose intolerance, I think six, yeah, six years ago. Um, we went up to the Lorelei, which is a lovely spot here in Germany, and we had a Black Forest cake. So there you are, Jim, your Black Forest cake <laughs> in <Yay>. this podcast. <laughs> uh, and you know, a Black Forest cake mainly uh, consists of cream, lots and lots of cream and chocolate. So there's um, <laughs> a ridiculous amount of lactose in it. And we went down the hill. We didn't take the bus. And all the way down, I was cramping I had flatulence and I thought I'm just going to explode. And that was the moment I realized, okay, there's something terribly wrong. So I went to the doctor, made the test, and it was clear I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, that was the start of everything. Uh, a few years later, after I gave birth to my child, um, I didn't get really healthy after a horrible pregnancy. So I thought mm. there must be something wrong. And I had a heartburn and no pills, nothing helped. Right, And then my doctor said, well, okay, we'll, we'll have a look into the stomach. And my mom was diagnosed with celiac disease 10 years before. So okay. the gastroenterologist, is that the right? Yeah. Okay. Um, he looked deep into the small intestines and it was clear I've got celiac disease. So, yeah, that's when everything went wrong. <laughs> right, right. And and I think that's, that's really important what you mentioned because – you would agree, I believe, with me from from our previous discussions, that uh, there's a lot of people who just kind of want to be on the gluten intolerant bandwagon. And, mm. you know, again, it's kind of that misery loves company. Like, I feel left out of the 
group, let me in. I want to be <laughs> gluten intolerant too. Um, you know, I want something to complain about. But we, and then you see them, you know, <laughs> yes. you see you see them eating tacos <laughs> in the other room later, right? We'll have a beer with the uh, you know with the flour uh, tortilla. Anyway, um, so uh, where am I going with this? <laughs> saying that um you know but but it's important to realize that if you do have for example true gluten intolerance or lactose intolerance it usually does not happen in a vacuum particularly with our generation if you if one thing is at fault let's say there's something else in the mix as well so this is why i think a lot of people get discouraged they're like oh you know i went gluten free and i'm still you know 50 pounds overweight or whatever the 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 issue is that they have, um, you know, it didn't go away because I, I gave up gluten. It didn't work. Uh, unfortunately, I think gluten has become such a buzzword that that's the only thing people are being tested for. Well, uh, but okay. yeah, we need to look, we need to be aware that there's other things that are mo- that are entirely likely to be part of that mix. Yeah. And the problem with gluten is if you're, if you have celiac disease, it just takes one crumb. It's, yes. It's nothing. And people don't think about it. They don't think about the contamination you have in a, in a toaster. Yeah. People use the same toaster with the gluten-free bread. And yes. it's, it's <laughs> well, yeah, even, I mean, like, go on. Hmm? I was just going to say that uh, even uh, when I first learned about it and everybody was telling me I was crazy. Oh, that doesn't exist. It doesn't. <laughs> uh, back, back in, you know, like 20 something years ago when I first learned about it, uh, I remembered reading about people who couldn't even be in the same room with it. You know, if somebody was making yeah. a cake, the flour would get up their nostrils and irritate them. Yeah. And, I, you know, I thought it was incredibly bizarre. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's it, like, why not? Yeah, but I still think it's bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, it is bizarre. But you know, I've got these moments where I think, how can I be afraid of a crumb? Right, (laughs) right. But it is like that. You have to be. So there's there's two questions that come to mind. Number one, how do you you know, and how would you recommend someone else deal with you know those emotions that that you go through those reactions, and 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 just as importantly, how do you deal with you know the reactions and responses from other people who may not take the situation all that seriously? Yeah, well, they're just (laughs) fools. So, okay, next. Sorry. This is Julia's show. (laughs) So basically, call them a name and then smack them? No, you don't have to smack. Come on. Jim, don't go too far. (laughs) I didn't smack people, (laughs) just verbally. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> no, seriously, uh, Julia, he's, no, that's a great question. How, how did you go? What emotions went through you when you first found out? And um, and then, you know, how would you suggest other people deal with with emotions? Well, there are different emotions running through each person. It, it differs, really. For me, it was uh, with the lactose intolerance. I was relieved when I got a diagnosis because I always thought there's, there's something wrong with me. And I'm just, maybe it's just, I'm making this up. I mean, I, I, I drink milk and I feel ill. This can't be real. But then I had a black on white. So it's, yeah, I was ill. There was something wrong with me. And I was just relieved. I could go on from there. Mm-hmm. With the celiac disease, it was pretty much the same. Although I was really scared because I knew from my mom what that, me- what that would mean for the rest of my life. I actually called her five minutes after I got out of the dog's office and was like, yeah, thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a legacy, mom. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the genes. Yeah. I was really angry at her. Never, never miss that opportunity to return the guilt to the parents. I mean, when you have yeah. that chance, take it. <laughs> Mm. Oh, I did it. She was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, 
And, and then she laughed. <laughs> oh, yes, she did. Of course. <laughs> well, uh, my husband was with me. And we started, actually, we started discussing how we have to deal with it on a very um, logical level. Mm-hmm. And I think that prevented me from, from really cracking down because we were like, oh, yeah, we have to get a new toaster. We could try this and this recipe. We could change this recipe. And the whole emotions came back later, like two or three days later. And I thought, wow, I'm, I'm in the wrong movie. Right, right, this exactly. Yeah, this can't be real. And I have this little I'm in the wrong movie moment still after, yeah, nearly three years okay. of the diagnosis. But I'm okay with that. I just, um, I'm a fan of mindfulness. And yes. I just, I, I'm aware of, of the feeling and I say, hey, it's okay. I mean, dealing with a crumb phobia. <laughs> how, how, um, how long did it take you to segue into this new lifestyle? Like, you uh, know, how, like from when you found out, let's say it was on Tuesday, was it Tuesday night that you stopped eating it? Or did you just have like one big like pizza party <laughs> and then and a, <laughs> and a black forest cake? <laughs> no then... more black forest cake for this girl. No, we went to, to my favorite cafe and I had one last chocolate cake. Okay. And I was really like, okay, that's the last one. <laughs> I, I, I bet it took you a long time to eat that too. <laughs> Not really. I was starving <laughs> because I wasn't allowed to eat before they, he looked right. into um, the stomach and the small intestine. So, yeah, I was just like chucking in and I thought, oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> I'll take one to go. Yeah, no, I, I never looked back. Okay. I mean, there are moments where I think, oh, I wish I could eat this, especially now d- during Christmas time. But there was never, it was never an option for me. Right. Because uh, I had three gluten accidents. Ooh. And I was ill for four weeks. Ouch. Yeah, yeah it can so, set you back. Some people said it sets them back like six months. <laughs> yeah. like, I've heard of those cases. You know, it's, it's terrible. Um, yeah. no, what, what, get- could you give me an example of one, or, uh, one time where, you, you know, you just had like an accident, something that snuck in and you were totally, just to give people an idea of, um, you know, how, how insidious this is. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had a package of sprouts. There were soya sprouts, something else. No Mm -hmm. wheat in there. And there was nothing written on there may contain wheat or anything. Right. And for me, with the celiac disease, it takes two hours. And then I'm rushing off to the loo and I'm not going to be seen for the next 24 hours. So I knew it had to be something I ate at that time period. Right. And so um, there was Parmesan cheese, mm-hmm. and I phoned them, and they said, no, we, we don't have any gluten. Are you mad? Well, Italians. <laughs> uh, I had ham, and they said, no, we are fine. And I talked to the company who made the, sprout, the sprouts, and they said, well, we, we've got wheat sprouts, so maybe you, you had a wheat in there. Yeah, and that, that's nothing I would have ever considered to be a danger. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's it's uh, you really have to be on your uh, you know at the top of your game when dealing with uh, these serious you know particularly I, I would say with the um, the allergies and intolerances like uh, like you have sensitivities depending on where you are in your treatment cycle you know that that could uh, that could be really serious or it could be just an annoyance but not necessarily something that would set you back yeah as as bad as that. 
And for um, me, it's like I feel like I have a flu, and I flu, and I've got mm-hmm. mood swings, um, sleeping problems, and that for four weeks. Right, <laughs> that's insane. Um, it is. <laughs> so, so, um, what is it? Is to you? Is this just about avoiding gluten and and you know other foods that that you're sensitive to, or would you say that you're you know doing some other things to kind of build? build your body up do you see a light at the end of the tunnel or do you feel that this is something that you're just gonna you know this is life just take it or leave it (laughs) well sometimes the end of the tunnel feels like the train coming right (laughs) because i discover new things (laughs) you get halfway through oh (laughs) exactly wrong way wrong way Yeah, that was the feeling I had with the histamine intolerance when I discovered that. It was like, oh, that's the train coming. (laughs) But I started with avoiding it. And I'm still on the mission on finding lactose and uh, gluten-free products for my Facebook groups. But it it was a development from avoiding food to, well, you know know that, you've read about that uh, on Facebook about me. I went paleo last August. And that's something that really, really helped me finally. Right. Because I'm avoiding all these food that, um, what's the word? Not infections. Uh, that uh, inflame? <laughs> inflame. <laughs> yeah, because you're avoiding all the food that triggers inflammation. Right. And that's something I had to deal with because of the celiac disease. I've got Hashimoto. I've got asthma. Right. So that's all combined together. And now letting out all those food, it causes the inflammation. And suddenly I was able to reduce my medicine. That's fantastic. And I start, yeah, and I feel like I'm having my strength back. And I can cope with difficult situations. This whole year has been really hard for me. And I'm still standing. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, we're going to have to uh, wrap up here soon, but I wanted to ask you, um, before before we let you go, I have two more things to ask you, actually. First of all, I want you to tell us the story of giving your son the, I think it was like a Christmas treat that you grew up eating, and you were like, son of a b- I can't eat that too. <laughs> Just because I, I think a lot of people will relate to this. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's not the Christmas treat, it's... Um... Uh, it's a festival, especially in this area of Germany. It's called Sankt Martin. Where oh, we, okay, yeah. We, we think of the Saint Martin who cut his coat in half. And for any reason, I don't know why, we get little bread men. Okay. And children love them, and I love them as a, ch- as a child. So I gave my son one of these, and it was still warm in the package. And I was just about to, to just to fall down on the floor, crying like a theater. Oh, one, one, two. Because I could remember the feeling of eating it and the feeling of the bonfires in front of me and everything. It's so emotionally connected. Yeah. And it's the same I'm experiencing now with all the Christmas food. All the food I'm emotionally connected to is really hard for me to, to even look at it. Right. Because right. I now I won't eat it again. Right. I, I don't so, want to eat it, but it's just the emotions coming up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what uh, your course helps people to to uh, move through uh, using these mindful techniques uh, to kind of move past that, to get through it and kind of have a system in place, right? So that you know what is coming up and you know how to, to cope. Yes, exactly. Because I, I didn't find anything on the internet 
that will help people with that. I mean, yeah, no, nobody is helping of, them. Yeah, there's masses of information about what to eat and what not to eat. But how do you deal with not being able to eat a gingerbread man? Right. Right, especially well, except- when, when once it was kind of just second nature, you didn't even think about it twice. Yeah. Um, and uh, now you you realize, okay, this is, maybe it's not life and death, but you will feel like death. <laughs> or you you will ask for death if you have to <laughs> well, and if I do for too- the next four weeks. So. <laughs> and if I do it too often, uh, especially with the celiac disease, it's a straight way to bowel cancer. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so uh, just before I, I let you go, um, is do you have one quickie tip that you can give to listeners about dealing with, you know, maybe a little snippet from, uh, from your course as we go into the holidays, what people can do to uh, cope? Well, especially during the holidays, if you go to a family dinner, talk to your family. And if you go to a large family dinner where um, there are people you haven't seen for ages, just prepare some, something from the marketing area. Um, what's the word? It's too late for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, folks, it's uh, almost uh, 11 o'clock in Germany, so just yeah. uh, bear with Julia. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, um, prepare an elevator pitch. Yes. Because in marketing speeches, it's something like you, you're going into an elevator and you tell during the ride what you, what products you're offering. Right. And do the same with your intolerances and allergies. Right. So you, you have a really short explanation of what's wrong with you. Right. And yes. that will happen. Otherwise, just talk to your family, um, offer to prepare food on your own. And if they're not willing to prepare food for you, just bring it yourself. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I always suggest to people that, you know, especially when it's something that's serious, just, you know, the, bring, always bring something that you can eat. Even my yeah. kid was going to a party this weekend and she was convinced that nobody would eat anything unless she brought, you know, brownies and cake and cookies. And I was like, why don't you just bring some grapes? You know, no. I, I was like, you know, people will eat grapes. Come on. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'll try a new recipe. Uh, I, right, I just, exactly. Uh, and I said, I said, at least there'll be something you can eat. Yes, you know, exactly. Or whatever, you know, I mean, you can't eat, you can't eat cheese and you're paleo, so you can't eat grapes either. So, <laughs> but you know, if it's not Julia at the party, you know, somebody will eat it. <laughs> that was my point. All right. So can uh, can you tell people where to find you? Do you have any any of your other than your Udemy course? Do you have any uh, stuff in English? Because I know that your one website's in German. <laughs> I've got two websites. Oh, in see? oh yeah. I only remember the one. <laughs> yeah. Two main blogs. I just started an English website, which okay. is the um, straight translation of my German blog. Okay. Cool. Um, eating with feeling. Awesome. Dot com. And that's dot com. Awesome. Feelings. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, it's, I'm Morris Albert. Wenn hier wieder frech wird, dann werde ich, dann rede ich hier nur noch auf Deutsch, okay? There you go. <laughs> See, I, I told you, I told you, Jim. Yes. I don't even know what she just said. Neither do I. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> And anyways, thank you so much for talking with us, Julia. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It was great. Awesome. And uh, uh, be sure to visit nutritionheretic.com. You'll get links uh, to uh, Julia's stuff online. And uh, anything else you have to say, Mr. Jim? I don't, except what you just said. And thanks for joining us. If you do have any suggestions or you would like to be a guest for the show, please, by all means, reach out to Adrian through the website, nutritionheretic.com. 
We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and, and uh, if you have questions that you would like me to answer on air, uh, please also be sure to uh, visit adrianhugh.com forward slash help desk and drop your questions there. There you go. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week on the Nutrition Heretic Podcast.